Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, Father, that the eyes of our heart may be flooded with light today. We give you the glory. And Father, I just personally want to thank you and praise you for all that you have done in the lives of your precious ones here today. And Lord, I give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So where should we start? Hmm. Well, let's look over at Romans chapter 2, verse 24. Romans, the second chapter, the 24th verse, says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee or leads people to turn their lives around. The goodness of God, not condemning preaching, not telling people how bad they are, but it is the goodness of God. Amen? And so, since it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, I believe that we should be leaving for His goodness to show up in every area of our lives. Because, you see, it's, it's the goodness of God that draws people in. And when people see His goodness in your life, in your family, in your body, in your spiritual walk, even in your finances... That can draw people to Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 63, he said, I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord. That means this, that we ought to be talking about it and telling what the Lord has done for us. You know, Psalms 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The remedio, right? The redeemed. Let them say so. Let them say so. In other words, let them proclaim how good God has been to them. Now listen, the more you talk about God's goodness, the greater His goodness will show up in your life. You know, it would be easy for us to talk about what we don't have and what we can't do. But you know, at the end of that kind of a conversation, you won't be anywhere but down. I believe that we can talk about what we do have. What do we have? What do we have? What do we have? We have in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Unsearchable riches. We have in Christ Jesus a Redeemer. We have in Christ Jesus a Savior. We have in Christ Jesus, amen, a healer. We have in Christ Jesus a baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. We have in Christ Jesus a financier. Amen? Amen. The Bible says, Deuteronomy, and I'm just going to quote this to you, it says, And thou shalt rejoice in everything which the Lord thy God has given you. Amen? Amen? How many of you ate some good food last week? Aren't you thankful for that? You know, I literally believe that good food is scriptural. Amen? Because he satisfies our mouth with what? He satisfies your mouth with good things. Certainly it's beyond food, but it includes food. Amen. So we need to be mentioning and talking about the good things the Lord has done for us. And never, never ever hide your blessing. Never hide your blessing. Uh, just because some, must, some religious person might get mad about it. 
just let them get mad. And you go up upon the housetop of your life and you shout it. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He saved my soul. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Lord doing good things for you, brother Chris. Things happening. Things moving. We'll stand up and shout. We'll shout with you. Glory to God. Amen. Anybody get a raise in the last six months? Let's stand up and shout with them. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You're good. Anybody's mother-in-law move out recently? (laughs) Just kidding. No, mother-in-laws are a blessing. Amen. We could sing, look what the Lord has done. He moved her out. Oh, let me have a little fun. Yeah, you are a mother-in-law. You're a great mother-in-law. Amen. Okay, let me ask this. Anybody challenged in their body in the last couple of months and, and God quickened you, God healed you? Stand up and let's shout. Glory. I hear that song in my spirit. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Amen. Amen. See, those are the kind of things I'm talking about. We should never take any blessing from God for granted. Never take it for granted. Never take your freedom for granted. Your freedom in Christ. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, what is there? There's liberty. What's liberty in Espanol? Libertad. Libertad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Never take anything God's done for you for granted. Amen. Even though the A's lost, they still had a good season. I text Dick Purnell and I says, I go to Lima, you go to Seoul, Korea, and they lose. And I went, hmm. His text back was, what the heaven? Question mark. (laughs) I text Donnie Moore. And you know, Donnie's the chaplain for the Oakland A's. And uh, man, I I think we were getting ready. We left like at 1.30 in the morning from Lima and went through Los Angeles and so forth. But anyway, I was texting him and, and, uh, and, and saying things about the A's losing. And, and his text back was something like this, man. He says, I felt like I was in a gang fight all night long and my gang didn't show up. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way it goes. Amen. Amen. God's still good. God is still good. He's still on the throne. Say it with me. God is good. God is good. All the time. time. So just tell it. Tell it. I think we should probably be reading more testimonies before offerings. Because I think the Lord's doing a whole lot more than we really know. But there's something about recognizing it. And there's something about proclaiming it. that, 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 That gives a testimony... And the anointing is on that testimony. 
And you know what? Our answer to wonderful testimonies are is we rejoice with those who rejoice, but we also say, thank God, me too. Me, me too. God's no respecter of persons. All right, let's go over to um, Philemon, verse 6. Philemon, verse 6. Now remember, the thought here today is the goodness of God will lead people to repentance. And God, you know, He's, he's the greatest fisherman of all time. You know, Jesus said, uh, follow me and I will make you what? I will make you fishers of men. Well, how many fishermen or women do we have here? Okay, so there's, there's different kinds of fish. I'm not a fisherman. Brenda's a better fisherwoman than I am a fisherman. But as I understand it, there's different baits for different kind of fish, right? And so, spiritually speaking, there's different things that draw people to Jesus, okay? There's different things. And the main thing is we lift him up and it draws Praise God, people, to Him. Now, let's work with Philemon 1, verse 6 here for a moment, if we could. Would you read this with me? Ready, read. Now, listen to this from a couple other translations, because it ties in with our thought today, with our, our premise, if you will, on the goodness of God. The Living Bible says this, I pray as you share your faith with others that it will grip their lives as they see the wealth of good things in you which comes from Christ Jesus. That's pretty plain, isn't it? I like that. That when we share our faith faith with others, it'll grip people's lives. Now, from the New Living Translation, it says this, And I am praying for you that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things that we have in Christ Jesus. Let your life just grip people for God. You hold on to God with everything you've got We know that his grip doesn't slip. But as you walk through this life, man, just be a light. Be a bright beacon for the Lord. From 2 Chronicles chapter 6, I love this verse in verse 41. It says, Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou in the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. Are we not kings and priests? Say this with me. I am part of the kingdom kingdom of priests. So now notice this. He says, let thy priests, O God, be clothed with salvation. When you're wearing clothing, it can be seen. And let thy saints rejoice in your goodness. Rejoice in his goodness. I believe this, that God wants to bring Pastor Mark... Pastor Tom, every person in this auditorium, I believe that he wants to bring us up to another level for faith in his goodness. You know, God is good can turn out to be nothing but a spiritual cliche. And it can be assented to from a mental point of view. 
But mental assent never gets anything done in God. We're talking about having revelation of the goodness of God. Where we see his goodness showing up in our lives. How many of you know that the Bible says we're to seek God? Now, they that seek the Lord, what will happen? Psalms 34 says, they shall not want for any good thing. Now, I want to give you the definition of, of, of seek here at a moment. And then I want to show you some things from the Word of God that I believe can bring a real solid balance to the message of faith in His goodness. Amen. Now, the word seek, everyone say seek. seek. Well, seek simply means um, to go in search of, uh, to go on a quest. It means to look for. It means to inquire. It means to ask for. I like this. To seek after. To make a pursuit. To seek to. To apply. And to resort to. I love that word resort. Yeah. Anybody ever been at a nice resort? Well, a nice resort is an awesome place to go to. But there's no better resort than His presence. There's no better place of rest than in His presence. There's no better place of refreshing than in His presence. You know, perhaps you've been on a cruise or you've been on a resort and you've gone on a nice vacation and you, you did so much activity that when you got home from your rest, you had to rest. Well, that's not what seeking the Lord will do. Seeking the Lord will bring into your life a refreshing and a presence. And so I believe this, that there needs to be a whole lot more seeking the Lord going on in our lives. And I'll include that as a statement for myself. Seek the Lord. Resort to Him. Get His mind on things. I don't believe that we should just be making decisions apart from seeking Him. Amen? The Bible says that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, what does it mean to diligently seek him? It just means in every area of your life, put him first. Just seek him. Lord, what, what do you think about this? What would you have me to do? Shall I go here or shall I not go there? Shall I say this or shall I not say that? I believe that as we check in with him, the head of the church will lead us and guide us. Into all the truth. Now, let me bring a little bit of balance, uh, if you will. It's not correction, but I believe it's something that we need to be reminded of uh, occasionally about the message of prosperity and the message of things. Okay? How many of you know that the Bible says, No good thing will he withhold from them. A lot of people stop there. Well, let's look at it. Psalm 84, verse 11. We're going somewhere today. And we've only got about 15 or 20 minutes to get there. So let's believe God. Amen? For the Lord God is a sun and shield. you agree with that? The Lord gives grace. He gives glory. And no good thing will He withhold. But as it does not stop there... From them that what? So, I think that there's a lot of emphasis being placed on good things. 
coming to us and we need to believe for good things. But I believe that there needs to be an equal amount of reference about walking uprightly. Walking uprightly. Walking circumspectly. Walking with integrity. Walking with a pure heart. Amen? Amen. Now, look at a couple other scriptures and and let's talk about this for a moment. Let's look over at, oh, Matthew 6, verse 33. How many of you believe that he's a rewarder? But he's not just a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How many have ever Googled something on your computer and went on a diligent search of something? Okay, you were, you, maybe you were looking for a suit or you were looking for a dress and you were looking for a deal. And so you put a search out and diligently sought that. I believe that our, our, our hearts should be diligently seeking him regularly. Amen? Now, I do not believe that we should underemphasize God's part. But I do not believe that we should overemphasize God's part at the expense of not doing our part. Come on. There is a Godward side to the blessing of God, but there's also a manward side. That's right. If you look in the Word of God, how many times the word if is used? Come on. The word if is conditional. Yeah. He said in John, he said, if. You abide in me. And my words abide in you. That's conditional. You'll ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. It's not just, okay, pray God's going to answer your prayer. Are you abiding in him? Is his word abiding in you? If you be willing and obedient, then what will happen? You will eat the good of the land. Now notice Matthew 6, 33. I want us to look at this. Let's read it. Ready? Read. Go ahead. You see, what we hear oftentimes is all these things are going to be added unto us. But what about the first part of the verse? But seek ye first the kingdom of God. His way of being and doing right. Now listen, I'm a faith man. I believe in faith and using it and speaking God's word. But if I'm not seeking first his kingdom, then I'm going to come up short on the last part of that verse. Now another verse I want you to see is Proverbs chapter 28. Let's look over there. Proverbs 28. I can remember years ago, Brother Hagin saying something that really ministered to us as ministers and people of God. It was in reference to Mark eleven twenty four, where Jesus said, What things soever you desire, when you pray, do what? Believe that you receive them. Now, the question would be, is when do you believe you receive What you're praying about. That's exactly right. You believe you receive them when you pray. Mm -hmm. Before you can see them. 
before it's knock on your door, before it shows up in your driveway, before it shows up in your bank account, before it manifests in your body. You believe that you receive them right here and you shall have them. Dad Hagen said this. He said, look, he said, you do your part. Your part is to believe you receive them. And if you will do your part, God will always do his part. What is God's part of that verse? And you shall have them. Say it with me. And I shall have them. In other words, God part of that part, God's part of that verse is to see to it what we believe we have received, amen, gets to us. I mean, in the natural realm, in the manifestation realm. Now, in Proverbs 28, verse 20. Say it with me, God is faithful. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think. According to the power working in me. So God's part is to do the exceeding. Our part is to make sure his power is working in us. You do your part and God will do his part. Now look at Proverbs 28, verse 20. And this is an absolute wonderful verse of Scripture. Look at this in Proverbs 28, verse 20. Read it with me. A faithful man... Abounding with blessings and bringing the blessings is his part. I don't think we should overemphasize his part. I think what we ought to really be emphasizing strongly is our part. And our part is to be faithful. Our part is to be loyal. Our part is to be reliable. Our part is to be trustworthy. Now, you take that word trustworthy. Trustworthy means worthy of trust. Have you been proven faithful? Are you worthy of trust? You see, an unfaithful man will not abound with the blessings. But a faithful man... Shall abound with what? A faithful man shall abound with what? With blessings. So it becomes then our responsibility to make sure that we're being found faithful. Faithful. You see, Jesus said it this way. He said, if you are faithful in that which is little, if you are faithful in those seemingly little things that God has given you stewardship over, come on. If, If you're faithful to serve in the church, if you're faithful to be a good husband, if you are faithful over what might seem small, the Bible says, you will be a candidate to receive promotion and become faithful over more. Faithfulness 
I believe is a major key to promotion. Promotion. Faithful is he that has called you who will also do it. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Did you know that? Look over at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, the, the fifth chapter. I can see we're not uh, going to get too far today, but let's look at this because this is important. Say, es muy importante. Do you suppose it's important and valuable that our singers came an hour to an hour and a half early and the band came early? To prepare themselves for us to minister to the Lord? Is that precious? Is that valuable? What if Pastor Tom and and the singers and the players in the band had this attitude? Well, you know, the early service is not, there's not as many people in the early service as there are in the second service. So we'll just kind of. Wing it. We'll just kind of give them what we got. I want to tell you right now, there's no winging it here on the front row. No winging it. Not in any service. Whether it be one or 1,000, we are going to be as ready and as faithful to God this morning as we are on Easter Sunday. We are going to be as prepared to preach and to teach Today, as we've ever been. See, that's, that's being faithful in that which seems a few. But promotion never comes to those who are looking for something bigger. Because there has not been the proving ground of trustworthiness. That's why... I believe that we should really value one another. And that we should really, really, really value the local church. I am so proud, in a good way, of our ministry of helps here at church. Why? Because they're faithful. They're in there taking care of our babies. They're in there taking care of our children. Oh, faithfulness is a key to abounding with the blessings. And then there are people that, you know, they have this attitude. Well, you know, I'll give when my ship comes in. Listen, if you can't be faithful with $5, you'll never be faithful with $5 million. Is that right or not? You know, recently... I heard this testimony that these people were working on a job and the bosses weren't around and they weren't looking and it was a night job. And, and so the men would go into the lunchroom instead of working on what they were supposed to be working on, which was really important. They would go into the lunchroom and they would watch television. And they would just make comments about, no, we don't have to work. Everything's going to be all right with these Vehicles that are going out and, you know, we don't have to do anything. 
Let's just watch TV all night. But there was a man in there that stayed faithful. And when they went to get lunch and get food for him, and said, come on and eat, he wouldn't even eat their food. Because he felt as though he would be eating the food of thieves. That's, that's integrity. That's faithfulness. Well, the long and short of it is this. Is all those people that were watching television got busted and got fired. And this man got promoted. Why? Because he was full of integrity. You see, integrity is absolutely vital as a Christian. Somebody says, well, yeah, but the bosses don't see and, you know, I can cheat on my time card. Nobody knows. He knows. He knows. And so if you want to go in your life from one degree of glory to the next, if you want to go from strength to strength, power to power, and your Christian walk be alive and vital and vibrant, not dead, I want to encourage you to be found faithful. In Galatians chapter 5, look at this. Galatians, the fifth chapter. And in verse 16, he said, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He goes on to talk about different things about the flesh and, and different aspects of that. But he also talks about what walking in the Spirit is. In verse 22, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit, first of all, is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's long-suffering. It's gentleness. It's goodness. And what's the next one? How many of you have in your translation that you have with you in church today have the word faithfulness? Faithfulness. That word faith there literally is faithfulness. It is part of your born again package. When you got born again, God not only furnished you with love, joy, Peace, but he also furnished you with the fruit of faithfulness. In other words, he's deposited on the inside of you the potential for that faithfulness to be developed and to grow to where every area of your life is bearing faithfulness fruit. Listen, I've seen it happen over and over again. Brenda and I have been in full-time ministry for about 36 years. I have seen it happen. I've seen ushers who were there every time the doors were open. And I'm not saying you have to be here every time the doors are open. But I've seen people just serve with diligence and serve with faithfulness and said, You know what? This is the house of the Lord. And I'm going I'm to be faithful in God's house. And then we've had other ushers that used to bring their little transistor television in and watch football games during the service. Now that doesn't go in the house of God. But I have seen it time after time in the nursery 
in team leaders, in people that serve on the various teams in this church, I have seen the anointing of God come upon them and increase them and promote them in their natural life, in their jobs, in their marriage, in their relationships. I have seen God take people from here to here to here to here, and I can track a lot of it to their faithfulness, to the Lord, to His Word, and to the local church. And I'll tell you what else I've seen. I've seen the anointing increase dramatically upon people's lives. And I'm not just talking about teachers and preachers. I'm talking about people that serve. I've seen them increase in wisdom. And God give them ideas about how they can do their job and serve in their station more diligently and have things work more smoothly. Listen, folks, this is God's business. This is God's house. And I believe that from A to Z, as we are faithful, God will increase the anointing upon us. I believe I'll be able to preach better next year than I did this year. I believe that you'll be able to usher better next year than you did this year. I believe with all of my heart and say with my mouth that our children's ministry is growing, it's flourishing, and the people in our children's ministry are blessed. I believe, Michelle, that the anointing upon you and the team for youth, it increases. That God's going to give you greater utterance than you've ever had before. I believe the Spirit of God is saying it's been good and it's been quite good, but it's going to get better and better and better. That's what the Lord is saying. For the hand of the Lord is upon you. The Bible says that He diligently rewards those who puts their hand to the plow and serves them with all their might. Do you want to abound with blessings? Do you want His goodness to be added to your life? Then be a man. Or be a woman that is found faithful. You know, oftentimes, and I know this is a little strong for 10, 19 a.m. But oftentimes, you know, people like Pastor Tom and I and Pastor Brenda, people point their fingers and say, well, you just be, you better be careful with God's flock. You know, you've been given the stewardship over God's flock. And one day you'll be held accountable for everything that you do and everything that you say. But little do they realize, and I know that's true. And we do take our jobs very seriously and take our ministries very seriously. But those people that are pointing one finger at me have three pointing back at themselves. Are you listening to me? The very fact that you're in a place like this where light is going forth and revelation is going forth is the very fact that you are held responsible to act on what you hear and to be faithful. And I believe we've got a group of faithful men and women in the house today. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Did you get anything out of that today?